Blog Talk Radio. I guarantee this song won't be trending, folks. Smartphones, they've taken over your brain. You're clones, you all are acting the same. You're all just skin and bones, obsessed with fame. So let's inside of a skeleton frame. You'll die alone. Without no Government, the Mystery School, Agenda 23rd, Chemtrails and Geoengineering, Manufactured Disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Join Russ and myself every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time while we deliver the truth about what's really going on in the world. You don't want to miss our shows. See you then. Good evening. I'm Diana. And I'm Russ. And we are delivering the truth and exposing the lies. So do I sound better? I have this fancy little microphone now that you told me to get. 
You actually do. Your audio sounds great. I love hearing you sound better like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good. So at least I know it's working. So uh, yeah, we have a, a, a really good, good. So I just want to pull up the website. Uh, tell everybody what the website is in case they want to watch on Rumble, um, only because we have some video there, not us right now. Uh, we're getting to that point for us being on, but um, so that they can follow along with any screenshots that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Deliveringthetruth.com. Just go there and you can watch live. You can watch the live stream there. And uh, you can also click on Rumble or Freedomizer Radio. There's links right above the live stream, and you can watch on either one of those platforms also. So that's what you can do. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and I know that we had we had a huge response um, to the show tonight. Um, and well, I can hear feedback there, Russ. I think you got it up too loud. Okay, I think we're good now. We got it. No worries. Okay. Yeah, okay. So um, anybody that wants to call in to listen, uh, you can call 319-527-6208 and hit 1 if you actually want to talk. Um, and then actually you could go to the chat room, too, on our website. And I'm still getting feedback there. Is that me or you? Uh, I think it's gone now. I, we had a little glitch, but we're good to go. We're still getting all the details oh, worked okay. out, but I think it's working fine now. I think we're good. Yeah, you know, because it's live radio, sometimes we have a delay, and I don't know why it does that, but, you know, we'll just blame it on the tech. We'll blame it on the tech. So, anyway. Blame uh, it on the tech, huge, man. Uh, God, huge week of news. You know, usually for our listeners that haven't tuned in before, um, we do kind of like a recap of the crap that's going on um, in the U.S. and around, you know, the world, which there's certainly enough crap to talk about every week. So uh, the first thing I want to mention is the spraying over the last couple of days. I've had some mega, and I'm sure you have too, because you're way more, you know, you're into this even more so than I am. But um, I've had a lot of pictures sent to me, uh, a lot of people you know, sending private messages through the radio show page even um, on my other page because I had posted some things on um, a page that I still run for uh, free NYS and people sending stuff there saying, look, this is my area. Look at this right now. So there's a lot of people that are waking up about this brain. So tell us what we were bombarded with yesterday because I feel like I ate nails all night today. Like I can't even – get my head on straight focused. Oh, yeah. We were hit with several types. As people might know, I smell and taste chemtrails. I report on them every day. If anybody wants to know, go to gsw.bz slash log, L-O-D, L-O-G. That's where the log is, gsw.bz slash log. And I keep a daily log of what's going on with chemtrails there. So what did we get hit with? We got hit with... Um, well, of course, you're in a different part of the United States, so I can't speak for it. But oftentimes I do find the whole northwest, northeast, actually gets a similar type of uh, blasting. So we got the model cement glue. The model cement type is one of the most common types they play. They spray. They also sprayed us with a chalky bitter pharma, which is a kind that actually steals magnesium from your body. I believe that Dr. Artis is on to something when he talks about uh, where they found in rainwater uh, DNA sequencing, they found venom peptides, 
And what do venom peptides do? They steal magnesium from your blood. And why is that important? Because that can cause a heart attack and a whole bunch of other problems like sleep problems and headaches and problems, energy problems, because magnesium is used to make ATP. So we got the model cement glue. We got the chalky bitter pharma type. We got the inflammatory type. We got the mercury type. The inflammatory type and mercury type are always there, but not at the same intensity. Usually they're much more intense at night. And then this morning we got a blast. It wasn't really a blast, but we had mild Morgellons type. This is the kind that actually makes you feel like you're getting bit by bugs. I know that sounds weird, but if you have this sensation that comes over you once in a while and you feel like, you know, just for a little while, like you're getting big bug bites, this is actually surprisingly common. This may be caused by the Morgellons chemtrail type. This I experienced this morning here for a couple hours this morning, and then it faded away, and then they just went with the other type. So that's what we got this morning. That was what was served up for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. Yeah, great, huh? Lovely. Yeah, yeah. and you know, you know, and I and I feel like, you know, I had a girlfriend that I was talking to yesterday, and she said that you know, as soon as I walked outside – you know, I was so con- – I immediately was, like, congested in my eyes burning. And she goes, until I met you, she goes, I would have never made any of this type of connection that this is actually really going on. And, yeah, I mean, huh? well, you know, it's, it's real. So, uh, so on to some other updates for, uh, for this week. I mean, there's just some – crazy shit going on. Of course, we know that we're giving the illegals everything for free. Um, we talked about that last week. That's still going on. And now they're starting to make, commit crimes. And, you know, there was a whistleblower that came out, um, and I was listening to him on Telegram, and it was a cop, and he was saying that, that these people are committing crimes, and they've told the cops that not to do anything, basically. They basically literally have told them, don't you know, do anything, don't bother them. And, I mean, that's pretty sad because I'll tell you, if if you get a speeding ticket, you're going to get a ticket, right? But it's okay to go steal and loiter and, you know, get everything for free, and then the cops don't have any ability to even go after you. That's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, I think that uh, there's a double standard. Everybody knows it. And people ask the question why, and I'd like to get right to the point and tell people why. I learned in the early 90s that the destruction of America was actually, it's not a fairy tale or it's not just some funny thing people say to get attention or clickbait. This actually is part of their agenda because they would build up America Mm -hmm. for a couple hundred years, take over the world, and then they would destroy America and blame it on freedom and say, see, people are not smart enough to do this. So if you're wondering, they're not smart enough to handle their own freedom. That's what they're going to do because mm-hmm. they want to demonize freedom and they want to glorify socialism and, and communism because that's what the globalism is. That's what the one world, the new world order is all about. So if you're wondering why they're doing this, everything they do is wrapped in psychology. And part of infiltrating this country is all about the destruction economically and then they're going to, of the United States and then they're going to blame it on freedom. Say all you people out there weren't able to handle freedom Therefore, see, capitalism is bad. They, I don't like that they call it capitalism. It should be called free enterprise. Capitalism is just a mm-hmm. dirty-sounding name that they made up. But free enterprise, and then they'll blame it on your freedom. So you need some 
some globalist masters to lord over you and rule you because you can't rule yourself. And that's what the Destruction of America, based on whistleblowers all throughout the 80s and 90s, I heard it over and over from various sources when whistleblowers were much more common back then. That's what they told us. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And we're watching it happen. Yeah, and, you know, obviously there's, there's states in this country that, you know, push this agenda faster than others. You know, and there are some states that fight it, but an example would be New York, right, and Kathy Hochul, who's the governor there, and, you know, she's just a puppet for the New World Order. And she came out and she said that she's going to make it easier for illegal for illegal border crossers to get jobs. So as if they're already getting housing, free meals, and I know they're getting free meals because I have a friend of mine that works um, in the meal delivery type of industry, and she was telling me that they're giving them like three meals a day for free, and they're getting debit cards and whatever else they're getting. So now they're going to be able to, you know, compete with, hard-working American citizens um, for work, right? So she's going to, she's working on easing, these were her words, easing up the requirements in her state so that illegal immigrants can quickly get a job in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, seriously? Okay. Okay. So people should really be pissed. They should be pissed. Because when I look at, like, like my grandfather, my father, they're both buried in Arlington. And, you know, they fought in wars for us to have our freedoms to be here. I'm just glad they're gone because they would be just devastated. It's a big slap in the face to people that actually earned um, to be here. So. Yeah, it really is a slap in the face. I mean, I have my... Uh... I had ancestors that came over in the 20s. Some part of my family came over, and they went through all kinds of stuff to uh, to be, you know, naturalized. And I know there's a whole section for people who know about what is a citizen and all of that. I'm very aware of that. Um, but of course, people say without a border, you don't have a nation. And the bottom line is, the glo- why are the globalists doing this? Is this good for America? I mean, I'm all for helping people. I'm all for um, doing it properly, you know, and they should understand one thing that would be a great kick is to uh, make sure that they really understand what freedom is and where it came from and understand, you know, before they're naturalized, so to speak. But nevertheless, the bottom line is this is all part of the destruction. They're doing it because they know what the outcome is, and that is the goal. That is Mm -hmm. the goal. Yeah. So I hope America wakes up. People need to be angry because the problem is what people – what people often do is they wait. You know, the Declaration of Independence has a great, a great phrase. It says, uh, people are more, um, uh, more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by changing the forms to which they are accustomed. So people are more mm-hmm. disposed to just put up with suffering until it becomes insufferable. And that's the phase we're in right now is people are just tolerating, tolerating, tolerating. And I don't believe in tolerance. Mm-hmm. Tolerance is just the road to evil. 
when they step in the forefathers of this country said when they step over the line it's time to start over stepping over the line that's it mm-hmm. but they're more than stepping mm-hmm. over the line they're pushing us to the edge of destruction so yeah people need to get involved physically and emotionally in the process to put an end to this madness yeah. Before it becomes so, so on a different note, insufferable. We're on the edge of being insufferable. Yeah, and we're talking about, you know, just looking at all the money, right, your money, our money, tax dollars that are being sent overseas. So I guess the Senate, they voted um, 67 to 32 in favor of advancing a, a $95 billion foreign aid bill to Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, and Taiwan without border provisions. I mean... There's people that are starving here and cannot feed their children, pay their mortgages, pay their cars, and we're sending, you know, we talk about that every week, but it's just, this is not, by any means, the America that I grew up in. I'm just glad I grew up when I did. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm sure, I'm not saying it wasn't going on. We already know it's been going on for, you know, a hundred years now, but it, it's way, way different now. And I tell you, it goes deep. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, oh, my gosh, yikes. Yeah, it goes real deep, and it's weird. It's weird to think that people, like I know people locally, like I had some young people do some work for me occasionally here on the house and help me do a little work here and there. And it's amazing. They mm-hmm. don't know a world without chemtrails. They don't know a world without all this incredible exposed corruption. Uh, They don't know what it was like before all this. I mean, I know it was still there. We just didn't know about it. But things were better. I graduated in the 80s, and it was a really, really different time. It was. Yeah. We didn't have 89, 89. You're a little bit older than I am. (laughs) Not much, though. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, yeah. they come so out with these like, stupid yeah. articles. No, go ahead. As you say, they come out with no. these stupid articles. You know, these, these just these dumb articles trying to scare the general population. You know, if it's not a horse flu, it's a dog flu. If it's not this flu, it's a, 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 a triple pandemic that's trying to kill residents. I mean, it's just they are just grasping at straws to try to, you know, scare the general public. And there are... There are a lot more people out there, I think, that are more awake now than ever. You know, because if you don't feel like something is sitting right, it probably isn't. So, you know, I want to try to to jump into, um, you know, who we have on for our guest tonight and, and, you know, what we're going to talk about. And we all know that, you know, COVID and the COVID vaccine was meant to be here for um, depopulation reasons. That's been proven. You know, it's been a killer and it's still a killer. There's people that, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine today whose sister, um, she had the COVID jabs and she's, she's been totally healthy her whole life. And I guess now she has some huge mass, like, on her uterus. You know, they're trying to figure out why would she have that all of a sudden. Well, she knows. She knows. She's like, I wish I would have never gotten that, you know, that shot. 
And unfortunately, we're seeing this play out now with, you know, it started with the disease, you know, the, the heart attacks. It started, now it's starting with the autoimmune stuff and, you know, the list goes on. But, you know, they were trying to push this COVID jab on, you know, younger kids and adolescents. And there was an article that came out today, and I'm not sure where I pulled this from, but they said the 2.2% myocarditis risk in adolescent teens following the COVID-19 mRNA injection is approximately 37 times the risk associated with SARS-CoV-2 infection in the same age group. So they basically said, given these estimates, there's no valid reasons for vaccinating this age group. And I'm going to go on to say uh, that there is really no reason to give any kids any vaccinations. Think about that. You can't, first of all, you can't isolate a virus. And second of all, there's no reason why a young child should have a hepatitis B shot. They're not drug pushers. Um, And some of these vaccines, and we're talking about a total of 72, and that does not include the COVID and flu shots that these kids get from the time they're born until they're 18 years old. And we wonder why the rates of autism, why the rates of autoimmune, why the rates of ADHD, and the list could go on forever, and I'm not going to, but why they are so high. You, You cannot disregard the correlation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I have mercury poisoning, and I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like when you can't think or when you feel depressed all the time. Suicidal thoughts or depression or anxiety or hyperactivity or racing thoughts, inability to sleep, digestive issues, and on and on and on. All of these symptoms are usually lumped together, and I experienced it. I was there, and I know what it's like. It's torture. It's torture. Mm-hmm. And for people who wonder, you were just talking about vaccines. I mean, look at the, if you're looking at the uh, Delivering the Truth uh, live stream, just go to deliveringthetruth.com. You'll see right now where I'm showing the, you know, here's, here's what they did with vaccines. Here's, a, here's measles vaccine. Look at how it declined. And then in 1964, the, uh, the vaccine was introduced. This is what they'll never tell you on the news. Here's the measles vaccine. Here's all the vac- Here's all the, the in- infection rates, and then boom, there, there. It was almost. It was almost at its all. It was at its all-time low, and then they introduced vaccines and took credit. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here's here's vaccinated versus unvaccinated children in a study that was done. It's a clinical study done by an orthopedic pediatrician. Uh, the, the orange line are rates of asthma. Uh, uh, Allergic, allergy problems, breathing issues, behavioral issues, ADD, HD, respiratory infection, so on. You can see it on your screen, those who are watching. Um, actually, let me transition yeah. that on. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm not now seeing see it for it. some reason. I'm not seeing it. Oh, you'll up see there. it. It'll come up in a second. There's a delay. Um, okay. So there we go. Yeah, now that you're looking, look at the rates. The blue line are the unvaccinated children and the orange line of the vaccinated children in every single case the vaccinated children had significantly more illness in all of these areas and in some cases the unvaccinated had none of these illnesses mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for those who can see it and for those who didn't see the other one here's the measles right here we go here's the measles decline and then the vaccine was introduced here 
and so on and so forth. Yeah. Here's here's more so, real quick. I know we got to get to our guest. You know, here's tuberculosis. Look at the drop, right, because of hygiene and the vaccines introduced mm-hmm. in 1948, 1954, right? And then they take credit for all this. They say, oh, we eradicated tuberculosis with a vaccine. No, you didn't. There's measles right. again. There's tuberculosis again. Yeah. And that's again. just like there are lies about the Spanish flu, too. So we could we could talk about that, too. But I do want to get um, our guest on because I know there's a lot of people listening and they're waiting um, and, you know, patiently because we'll have to go to our first commercial. So I'm going to unmute Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, are you there? Yes, we are. I'm here, and so oh. is Dylan, my son. Awesome. Hi. Welcome to the show, Dylan and Elizabeth. Um, I just want to let you know that it is live radio, so there is a um, – and just make sure that you kind of keep your background noise limited um, so that we don't get any feedback with that. So we do have to go to commercial break um, probably about five after eight um, just because we have to pay the sponsors. And I want you to to, um, kind of just give us, without going into too much detail before we go to commercial, um, why you're on the show tonight. Okay. Um, I can do that, but give me one second to add to something you just said. And I'm going to open with a really powerful statement, but it is what it is, and it's time people realize. So it's not hypothetical. Vaccines cause injury. They do. Full stop. They know they do. The injuries are not rare. In fact, the actual rate of injury in every study that's ever been done is more close to, even being generous, one out of 40 people. One out of 40 people suffer a serious event, seriously injured, by vaccines, that's about 2.6%. And as the show goes on and as people do their own research, I'm not really quite sure where all your listeners are at their levels of education and awareness. Um, And that's a generous one. There's been other ones showing even as low as 1 in 30, 1 in 20, and they know. They wouldn't have paid out now as early as um, the the numbers are only figured at about to early 2022. And they've paid out $4.7 billion in injury. So this nonsense that they try to sell people that it's rare or it's one in a million or you don't have to worry about it or they just deny and repeat the mantra, safe and effective, safe and effective, like they're zombies. They know it's a lie. There's proof it's a lie. And so I would ask parents to start there. Please explain to me where is this $4.7 billion gone to from the federal government? And that only accounts for probably by, again, every study that's ever been done, even their own studies, that only accounts for probably 1% of the injured. And, yeah. and so why are we here? And you cut me off at any time when you need to go to commercial break. So why are we here? We're here because in 1994, my son Dylan, who's, who's here with me, is 29. In 1994, I was a good little parent, did what I was supposed to do because, you know, that's what you did to be the responsible parent, take care of your children, because we didn't think about it. We didn't know there was a choice. We didn't know there was a risk. We never had informed consent. And when you go in and they give you Mm -hmm. this little thing they want to call VIS, this vaccine information statement, that's a one-paragraph thing, please, parents, stop stop it. Stop it. Tell them, pull out the insert. Let me see it. That package insert that's going Mm -hmm. to list for you event after event after event after event, including death, is about, I don't know, eight double-sided pages, 16 to 20 pages long. And so what happened Mm -hmm. on that day, we went in for his four months. He was four months old. 
And I do remember the nurse did ask me, actually, to her credit, she said, oh, do you have any objections? And I was young. I was like 26 years old or something. I'm dating myself here. I'd have to think about it. And I said, I don't know. Should I have an objection? And so the extent of their informed consent was, well, you know, there might be a little bit of a reaction, but nothing to worry about. And I said, what do you mean by that? So this is what informed consent means to them. They might have a little sore leg, a little sore muscle. They might be irritable or have a fever for a day as their body reacts to this. And I thought, oh, okay, should I be concerned about that? And it was, no, you should not Mm -hmm. be concerned about that. That was the extent of what they consider informed consent. So they're violating every ethical protocol there is by not really giving parents informed consent. You can't really choose, is this a risk versus benefit choice I'm willing to take with my child unless you really know what the true risk. And really, while we're at it, what is the benefit? So that's problem number one. So we did. And parents also think, um, unfortunately, and so did I, that if you don't see that immediate reaction that they might have any inkling of, that, oh, my kid is fine. They didn't have a reaction. They didn't have a seizure within 24 hours. They didn't start screaming or throwing up within hours of this. And that's also a lie. So many, many, many autoimmune conditions, as we should know better by now with science and medicine, if we're being honest, do not surface for a very long time. It can take weeks or even months, even years for some things. And science and medicine knows this, but they just choose to disregard it when it comes to vaccines. That's the only medical product out there we choose to disregard it with. But um, 17 days, and he did have a little fever the next day, a little irritability, but called the doctor. They tell you the normal, go ahead and give him Tylenol. He'll be fine. Um, also a problem. Please don't give your children Tylenol. That's a whole other discussion. But um, oh, but we, uh, we, did, we did that. And then um, 17 days later, because my son's particular reaction was more of an autoimmune condition reaction, and he just he's four months old. You may not notice at first, which is also another problem with parents. You, you aren't really looking because it's so subtle. It's so subtle in an infant. Their brain is so undeveloped yet. And so he just looked off. He had this glassy-eyed stare, kind of just staring off to one side like this fixed gaze which, by the way, I now know can be an indication of seizures or just brain swelling in general. So he he kept having this fixed gaze to one side, and his one arm just kept patting, moving up and down real, real slow but real rhythmic. I didn't notice it at first. And when I put him down for his nap and took he would he would nurse. He was breastfed only, and he would nurse. He would do that. So I thought, okay, maybe he's just off today. So it took a little while throughout the day for us to realize something is wrong here. So... As you would, and I have a sister who has issues where I'm, so I'm, I'm familiar with neurological disorders. But um, when you would hold his arm, also atypical of seizures, so someone who thinks they know what seizures look like may not really know what seizures look like in an infant because it's different. They're very, very subtle. When you would hold his arm, that, mm-hmm. that movement would stop. And typically with seizures, that kind of movement does not stop. But that's for a more developed brain. And so when I would hold his arm, it would stop. But immediately when you let go, it would just be this constant repetitive motion. So... We took him in um, at some point in that early evening, and I know, I know in my soul that if my child had gone to sleep, he would not have woke up. So if you want to know what SIDS is, sudden infant death syndrome, well, I'm here to tell you, I don't care what they tell you it is. It is the vaccines. It could be other contributing factors, but a very high percentage of those deaths, probably most, is vaccines. So... Yeah, I'll agree with ER. that. I'm going to say 99% of them is. Probably, yeah, yes. I would say Probably 99%. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and we, have, we took we them have in. We have a lot to talk about. 
we have a lot to talk about, but I have to cut you off so we can go to commercial. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. You do that. Um, so keep all your questions. Anybody that is on the switchboard that's listening, if you guys want to talk and ask questions, um, hit one so that I can unmute you when we come back. Uh, Diana and Russ, delivering the truth and exposing the lies. Guys, hold tight. We'll be back in four minutes. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Proof here. Just wanted to ask you guys, are you guys tired of all the mask ordinances that are passing all over the place with people telling you that you're not allowed to buy and sell unless you have a piece of fabric over your face? Well, we sure are tired of it. Please check out realbarefaceislegal.org and help us get together to fight these mask ordinances. You can also find Bareface is Legal on Facebook, either as a group or a business page. Anyway, help us fight back against these stupid mask mandates. RealBarefaceIsLegal.org Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hey everyone, come check out the Proof Negative Radio Show here on FreedomizerRadio.com Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast as we fight the New World Order and rock the health freedom world together. Global government, the mystery school, Agenda 2030, chemtrails and geoengineering, manufactured disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Okay, we're back. You guys there? Okay. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up this summary real quick so that people know, and then we can fill in the blanks from there. So what ended up eventually happening, Dylan Dylan was diagnosed with acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, for short. They call it ADEM, the acronym. And they eventually got around to admitting, even after deny, 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 that yes, this was caused as a post-vaccine. His vaccine reaction caused his brain, basically the the body, your cells, 
or similar. So his brain was attacking itself. The myelin basic protein that's the sheath on, um, in, in the brain is very, very similar to some of the protein components in the vaccines. And so the body sometimes has a hard time distinguishing between those two things and attacks itself. And so it was attacking mm-hmm. his own brain, causing brain swelling and lesions on his brain. And yes, they did um, say that his diagnosis of many, many doctors and Columbia University reading the radiology reports, because we're in Southern California at Chalk, and they said it's um, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis caused by his um, vaccine and autoimmune reaction. So go ahead. What was your question for Dylan? No, no, no. I just wanted to, I wanted to just have Dylan, if he's able to introduce himself to everybody before we get into, you know, more questions that we have for you, because I know Russ has quite sure. a bit, and so do I. Hi. So, Dylan, are you with us? Hi, yeah. Dylan. Oh. Thanks for being on with us. You're welcome. You're a courageous young man. Yeah, thanks to you. Well, thanks for being with us, and we're gonna we're gonna um, get your mom back on here so we could we can talk about uh, some more of your journey. Okay. Okay. You have to understand this topic gets very emotional for anyone involved, and for Dylan especially. So. Um, Dylan does have probably one of the most noticeable things for people. He does have a residual disabilities his whole life. This is life-changing people, not, oh, a sore leg and a fever. Um, And so he he gets emotional, but, and he does have a speech disorder, oral motor apraxia, body apraxia. But um, when he, when he gets himself together a minute, because every time, of course, we recant his story for people, it gets a bit overwhelming for him um, and me as well. So once he gets a little bit more composure, he'll be able to answer some of your questions better. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't worry about that at all. We understand. Trust me. Um, you know, I I didn't have the extent that Dylan had, but I did have um, a daughter that was vaccine injured. Like you said before, I knew any better um, because you do what the doctors tell you, and the doctors know you know they know better, and we all know that they don't. And um, she had an MMR shot, and you know she was perfectly healthy before. And um, had I known that she had an MTHFR uh, where she can't methylate, um, I probably, if I would have been more educated, would have never done it. But um, she had an MMR shot, and she banged her head against the wall for 48 hours after that. And, you know, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. You know, and, of course, like you said, the doctors would tell you, oh, no, it's just a coinkydink, just a coinkydink. You know, everything is just a coincidence. You know, just like when we're talking about all the COVID shots, it was all just a coincidence. Well, mothers know better than anybody else that it wasn't a coincidence. And, you know, thankfully, um, I was able to get her not cured but to a manageable point. But she still has a lot of problems with ADHD, oppositional defiance, um, you know, anger issues. She was never the same after that, never. And I know um, that Russ, will tell you that the mercury um, is, you know, something that will cause, you know, big inflammation in the brain and big inflammation in the body after the after the vaccines. Russ, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hi, it's nice to meet you, by the way. I haven't met you before. Thank you for having us. It's nice to meet you. Thank I appreciate you it. for having us. 
What was that? I didn't catch that. Thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you being on. You're very welcome. And I'm not going to take up much time at all because I want you to get back to your story and we want to hear about your details. But but it's very nice to have you on and to meet you. For me, I had amalgam fillings in my mouth and I got very, very sick and had all kinds of hyperactivity and suicidal thoughts and depression. And I lived with it. I thought it was normal. I didn't know. Nobody knew. I hid it from everybody. I grew up with it. I was very, very good at keeping it to myself. A lot of emotional problems. I eventually started having terrible physical problems, weight loss, digestive issues, uh, just all kinds of all sleep issues, sweating. I got very, very serious. So I really I began to study mercury, and I began to realize uh, what Dr. Hal Huggins, who wrote the book, It's All in Your Head, uh, I actually read it cover to cover before I had my feelings removed. I called the head Dr. Huggins' office, and they said, read the book, and then we'll refer you to Dennis. I'm like, okay. I read it in two days, called him back, said, let's go. Let's do this. And basically he made the statement, he's one of the pioneers in mercury uh, research um, in the modern times about this, and he said that 200 of the most mo- of the most common diseases today are related to mercury toxicity. Before I ever heard him say that, I was actually myself saying in interviews, I'm saying that my researchers, I've come to the conclusion that at least, very conservatively, 100 of the most common diseases are related to mercury. But enough about you. I just want to hear about your story, and I want to hear about, uh, hopefully at the end we can get into some, some good news and about recovery and detox and whatever you think is important for people to hear. Um, but also I was going to ask about what you think, what is it in vaccines that is causing all of these problems? Okay, yeah, sure, I can answer that um, to the best of my ability, knowledge, and my personal experience, but even to your mercury story and comment, people, we all have common sense and logic, right? If a business spills something and breaks a bulb or something that exposes any small trace amount of mercury, you have to shut the whole thing down. By law, you have to call in hazmat teams. There is zero, zero proof and evidence that there's a safe amount, whether it's a trace amount or not, of mercury, thimerosal, in any vaccine or other product. So it's nonsense that they try to excuse that and tell people, oh, the amount is so tiny, it's just a trace amount. Literally, we all know that if a, if a business, if, if in a business you break a thermometer and there's mercury by law, you have to call in the hazmat team. But go ahead and let us eject it into your newborn baby. That sounds like a great idea. So it's just if people would just stop listening to the propaganda and take a minute and stop being intimidated by the people in the white suits. Look at your, you go study a car seat, for goodness sakes, for your first child for, you know, two weeks before you decide on the one that's the safest for them based on all kinds of reviews and parental input. But yet we just tend to, and I was guilty of the same thing. That's why my son is injured. Not since then, but we just march into these doctor's offices like you can't question them, like you're stupid, like you're a parent who's not with them 24-7 and don't know your child best. Ask the questions. And if your gut is telling you something's wrong, uh, me, you're right. I will never touch another vaccine. My family would never touch a vaccine. We don't do mainstream Western medicine, but we had to learn the hard way. You don't have to mm-hmm. learn the hard way anymore with the Internet and social media. And I would find it very hard to excuse now for any new parent to not have some sort of experience or knowledge or heard of a comment or a friend where they don't go, you know what, maybe I should check this out first before I go in there and inject my child with 75 neurotoxins. Um, but mm-hmm. at any rate, so um, I just wanted to make that comment. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. You asked me, what do I think's in them? 
I don't necessarily think it's any one component in a vaccine, and I don't think any of the studies and, and anecdotal stories and things have shown that. I think it's a lot of things. One, first of all, this idea that um, we treat vaccines like it's on this holy grail other than, you know, different than any very other medicine. There should be no one-size-fits-all medicine. We don't do that with anything else. You go into a doctor, the first thing they ask you, what are your allergies? What are your sensitivities? What, what medication can I not prescribe to you? What antibiotic have you had a bad reaction to? With everything else in medicine, we just don't do it with vaccines. And that, that system is now exposed for all to see with how we just watched what happened with the COVID vaccine nonsense. And so there are no more excuses. Um, just take responsibility for your own health and the health of your child. So um, one size fits, med fits all medicine doesn't work just doesn't work and it shouldn't be that way with vaccines. Um, there are trace amounts, let's start with the vaccine insert. I would tell a parent, start with the vaccine insert, start there. And there's, a, there's so many great resources. A person can go to my Facebook page, which is just my name, and I left it there on purpose. At the very top of my Facebook is a pinned post. And by now there's probably 3,000 resources that people have made comments and put there of where do I start? Where do I find information? What is a good way to sort all this out? Is about 250 comments and about 3,000 references. So it's there for anyone who wants to start there. But start with a vaccine insert. When you have polysorbate 80, when you have glyphosate in there, when you have um, DNA fragments and fragments from human, human DNA and animal DNA, when it's off of the cell cultures that they grow these things in, or the aborted fetal tissue cell lines, and there's this big debate, are there really aborted fetal cells in there or not? Who cares? It doesn't have to be the whole cell. The DNA debris that's in there from those cells, which is still human DNA, animal DNA, so take your pick. It could be any of those things or a combination of any of those things. And, yes, I will acknowledge that it probably has something to do with there might be some genetic predisposition. Like anything in medicine and health, someone might have a sensitivity. I can eat peanuts all day long, but someone else might eat a peanut next to me and they're going to drop dead. So we need to apply uh -huh. that same common sense to vaccines. Um, let me tell you this, though. Um, not a single one of the vaccines do we have a safety risk profile for on the childhood schedule. Not a single one. So that means that not a single person, I don't care if it's Dr. Fauci, his lion self, no one, no one can say with any certainty that a vaccine is avoiding, averting more injury and death than it's causing. Because in order to answer mm -hmm. that question, you must have a safety risk profile. We don't have it on any single vaccine on that childhood schedule. So it could be any ingredient that someone has a sensitivity to. It could be any combination of ingredients. It's also because, like I said with my son, they used to tell us, oh, these vaccines can't cross the blood-brain barrier, so we can't have any brain problems caused by that. Well, they now know that's absolutely not true. It was never true because they can cross the blood-brain barrier. That's why, you know, with different um, studies and autopsies, you'll find aluminum deposits in the brain okay. of whether it's humans or animals, the monkeys, um, so we know it can cross the blood-brain barrier, so they can't use that excuse anymore. So maybe even if it wasn't an ingredient that would affect a person, whether they have genetic predispositions or sensitivities or, or susceptibilities or not, once it crosses the blood-brain barrier in a tiny little developing brain, which, by the way, they say, oh, don't eat too much fish when you're pregnant, the mercury, 
Don't eat uh, cold cuts from the deli. That could be bad for your developing fetus or newborn baby because some of it's probably also related to what's happened during gestation and development. How susceptible Mm -hmm. is this child? What have they already been exposed to, especially now that they're forcing so many more vaccines on pregnant women, which also, by the way, have never been tested to be safe on pregnant women, also a lie. In fact, they're purposely excluded from you know, clinical trials, and mostly they will say no pregnant people allowed, but yet they want to try and say, okay, you can go ahead and use it. So I think it could be a combination of things. And also we can't rule out, as you read science and medical literature, there's often something that may not affect the parents, and even in mice, you know, um, but maybe it does pass on in genetics in such a way that it can um, adversely affect offspring. So sometimes we don't think about that. We're not thinking that, oh, this child may have a susceptibility because the parents did or didn't. So there are some susceptibilities that pass on and don't really present themselves or manifest where you can see them until first generation offspring, second generation offspring. So I don't think it's a simple answer. I think it's um, very multifaceted and very complex. Illness. We're old enough, and I'm including you guys. We remember it used to be a doctor would, a doctor would say, do not bring your child in for vaccines when they're sick or they've had a fever or they've had a cold or if they're allergic to dairy or lots and lots of things. But what's happened is as time's gone on and they've added more and more and more to the schedule, and even that, the cumulative overload of toxicity could be the factor. But as they've added more and more to the schedule, they've it's convenience, it's time, it's money. So they don't want you to have to come back in 10 times to get all these things because you might not and they might miss out on some money. So now they just keep saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, we'll just give you more and more in one visit. And not that I'm advocating for any vaccines or spacing them out. Poison spaced out is still poison. But, but okay. in their logic, you know, they just want to keep giving more and more and more. Water is safe. Water is necessary for life. Without it, almost everything on the planet will die. But if I make you drink five gallons of water right now, I'm probably going to kill you. Water toxicity is also a thing. So it defies all logic and all common sense and all medicine and science, if they're being honest, that we can just keep overloading these children's system like that and not expect there's a breaking point. And for me personally, that's a question I have for every parent out there who's either spacing them out or considering vaccination, which, by the way, let me just make a blanket statement. I don't mean to upset your viewers, your audience. None of them are necessary. Absolutely zero Mm -hmm. are something that's good for your health. Natural immunity trumps this fake injected toxicity all day long. And there's lots of studies that show that. In fact, every study that's ever been done shows that. That's why they don't, they don't publish a lot of what they do. They don't let the public see it because it doesn't look good for them. Um, but um, there's still an overload point. There's genetic susceptibility. There's possible um, susceptibilities to various allergy sensitivities. There's heavy metal toxicities besides mercury, arsenic. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, aluminum. I mean, we are beginning to hear more and more the last several years about aluminum. At first, it was all the mercury discussion. But Alzheimer's, dementia, and maybe it doesn't even show up right away. And I'm not saying any of these things absolutely are the cause, but we need to have that answer, don't we? We need to at least be able to ask the question, don't we? Because what else is more valuable or important to answer that question on than what we are injecting into our future, our children, our most prized possessions on this earth that we would die protecting? So apply that same mentality before you let a doctor in a white coat inject your child with 
10 neurotoxins on the same day or ever, or ever. They're not necessary. Yeah, They're not necessary. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know one thing that's very interesting I, to me. Oh, go ahead, Diana. No, Ross, you can go first. I was just going to say the very interesting thing to me is that the toxicity of mercury has been known for a long, long time. This is of no course. surprise. Yet, yet, you know, the question was asked in a, in a lecture that was done by Dr. Um, uh, David Ayub. He did one of my favorite lectures, 90-minute lecture. Every parent should watch. It's fantastic. Why do they put mercury in vaccines? What's the point? This is a known neurotoxin that attacks every body system. The toxicity of it in the genetic damage that it does, the causes of cancer, the associated with, with, uh, with all kinds of disease like asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, leukemia, um, myelinitis and other related diseases, the hormonal system, the way it affects mercury, uh, ma- excuse me, magnesium metabolism. This is all known. This is all known. So why would you put something that is called by many, and I think rightfully so, the most toxic non-radioactive metal in the world, in a vaccine, when what's the purpose of that? And the well, only everyone thing, says, go ahead. The only thing they came up with is they, they said the use of it, this was in a study that was exposed by Dr. Ayub, it's historic. We've always done it, so we just keep doing it. There's no yep, answer. that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go and watch the Global Vaccine Safety Summit. It was in 2019, coincidentally. And they had this big powwow, I believe Switzerland, Sweden, I think it was Switzerland. I'd have to go look up the place. But it's the Global Vaccine Summit. And all the players that be were there, World Health Organization, all the heads of all the pharma companies, everyone, you know, in this conversation was there. And Heidi, I'd have to, Larson was her name. She was the head of this. And it was a very interesting conversation. Everyone should watch it. It's quite lengthy. But um, a lot of these kinds of conversations came up. I can't believe they actually said it out loud on tapes. They're just getting bigger and bigger egos and so brazen they think they're untouchable or they're just that stupid. I don't know which one or both. But it was, it was recorded. We got um, the tapes. You can play the tapes. Um, and I, I don't know if you have anything against throwing out. Like People should definitely go look at Bobby Kennedy's childrenhealthdefense.org and DellBigTrees, thehighwire.com are very, very good sources to find not just this information. Don't believe me. Don't believe them. Every single thing they ever say is linked to the studies they reference. You don't have to believe them. You don't have to believe me. Go read it for yourself. Make an informed decision. And those are just a couple of them. But they talked about that the adjuvants and the preservatives, so mercury and things like the aluminum, they, they, can't, they can't find something. To, yes, it's historical but they also can't find something to replace it with. So the adjuvants like aluminum, you're going to get, you need it. You need it. They want the reaction. They want it to irritate your body. They want it to trigger the immune system response because they say, and they talk about it in this global COVID, uh, or I mean global vaccine safety summit, that when they take them out or they've tried to use a different substance, they just don't get that inflammatory response. So they, isn't that lovely? We know almost all disease is also caused by inflammation, right? Or it has a big role to play. So they right, don't right. get uh-huh. the same. They don't get the same inflammatory response. So they haven't found a replacement that will, you know, irritate and injure your body's immune system enough to make it start attacking and producing, you know, the whole process that it needs to start. They don't care about oh, the yeah. toxicity. They don't. They don't care that how do we know when the inflammation is too much, like in my son's brain, encephalitis, encephalopathy, all of these things, autism, and yes, straight out, vaccines cause autism. I don't care. You can hate me. Go ahead. Disprove it. Disprove it. What is it? There's lots of variations. There's lots of levels. I get all that. 
But when you inflame the brain to the point especially that it's causing inflammation and encephalitis and encephalopathy, developmental delays, mm-hmm. oral motor, speech, fine motor, body apraxias, um, all of the things you talk about with ADD, ADHD, ODD, all of those things, which, by the way, are the little boxes they check when they diagnose autism and how, how severe is it or isn't it on the spectrum. When you're doing that mm-hmm. to the brain, the day an infant is born, hours, uh, the, within the hours of when the infant's born, you're going to cause major problems. And you're just seeing different levels of um, severity, manifestation, different levels of how hard and blood, sweat, and tears parents have worked to find every alternative care and treatment to try and pull them out of that hell. But that's what it is. It's absolutely what it is. Um, yeah. And, again, they know it. And um, it's so, so that's why they use them. They use them to trigger preservatives and to trigger the response that they feel is adequate enough to get the immune system to respond strongly enough that they can then go measure just antibodies as if, they don't even know how the immune system really works. And they'll tell you that. We really don't understand it. We really don't know all the different levels of and I won't get too deep into the scientific terms. I don't really know your audience level um, as far as, you know, it, would you, well, so I'm trying it. to tell you um, You know, they, um, it, it doesn't, just because you have antibodies to something, it doesn't mean that's the body's natural immune response. There's a whole lot of levels of what your body goes through to create lifelong natural immunity you can't fake it. You can't throw something in there artificially and ever think that it's going to come close to what natural immunity and all of your body processes, whether you believe in nature, the universe, God, me, I'm God. Uh, God didn't, he's not stupid. He knew what he was doing. Um, exactly. You're never going to be, exactly. you're not, what an ego man has to think he can mimic that and make it anywhere near close to what God can do. Um, but, yeah, yeah preservatives yeah. And, and irritants enough to the immune system that you cause an inflammatory response to start the process of what they'd like to measure to see, oh, did you generate some antibodies to this? Well, then we must have, you're, you're good. Well, you're not good because, A, it wanes, some of it pretty quickly. It doesn't last long. And some people, there's a certain percentage of people that never can produce antibodies, so it doesn't matter what you inject with them in them, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, and you my will daughter never is one of them. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. My and you will never get the full spectrum of protection. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, I think it's a five percent of the people, five or ten percent, I think. Um, ten. Ten percent. Told yeah. me one time that mm-hmm. don't, yeah, they don't even create the titles yeah. for it, and she was actually one yeah. of them. Like she never showed anything. And I want to yeah. go back on what you were saying about the autism, um, for a second, because when you look at how many vaccines, like maybe we had when we were kids, I think it was like two or three, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. the rates of autism back then were like one in 100,000. It wasn't, it was mm-hmm. unheard of. You know, it wasn't familiar. Yep. Now, I think it's what, one in 10? One in 10 are, are, well, are autistic? Maybe I'm wrong, areas, one in 30? It depends on the spectrum. The, the generally accepted number right now is somewhere between one in 35 boys being more. So boys more like one in 28. But every year that gets exp- exponentially worse. And then there are certain pockets in the United States where, of course, it's, it's either less than that, like in Amish communities and various communities where they don't vaccinate like this, which has had mm-hmm. studies of its own. They just don't like people to know those, or uh, higher rates. And um, the latest one that just came out last year, for the most part, I think said boys 1 in 28. Um, but, but, again, it's horrendous, the exponential explosion. Let me read you this. So besides those, uh, ICanDecide.org is, is the nonprofit part affiliated with Dell Big Trees, the high wire, and Aaron Siri, the world owes him a huge debt of gratitude. 
even forget about all the childhood ones for a minute, all these people who now suddenly are paying attention because they'll take their child in on the sacrifice, the altar of medicine all day long without asking a question. I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but you want to stick a needle in my arm now? I don't know about that. What's in that? What's it going to mm-hmm. do to me? What kind of reactions? Am I going to drop dead of a heart attack, a clot, a stroke? You know, now they're paying more attention than ever before. And so Aaron Theory, you know, is the one, uh, the attorney fighting and fighting and fighting for transparency and releasing of FOIA records and all of that from the government and speaking, you know, and many others. There's many doctors and many people um, stepping up to fight this battle. Um, but this, this particular paper is a few years old, um, but even that, it says what you were talking about, says HHS, Health and Human Services, refuses to conduct vaccinated versus unvaccinated studies of the vaccine schedule. A true epidemic in the U.S. is the fact that one in two children, one in two children, have an autoimmune developmental neurological or chronic disorder. These conditions have sharply risen in lockstep with the increase in the CDC's recommended vaccine schedule. That schedule has risen from seven injections of just two vaccines in 1986, you know, before the now notorious act that gave them blanket, you know, liability protection, to a current total of 50 injections of 12 different vaccines. And again, that's a few years old now. It's even more. It's up to like 75. It's insanity. And again, for the the naysayer out there or the person who's listening and their family member saying, oh, you don't know that. It's not necessarily the cause we don't know. Okay, I've seen enough. I'm telling you, I know. I'll bet my house, my life on it. But shouldn't we know? Shouldn't we ask the questions and find the answer? Shouldn't we know? It's, if we have billions of dollars to send off to the Ukraine yeah. and get us in three different wars on umpteen yeah, different know, continents, you know why can't we, we come up know. with billions for these kids? I mean, my feeling, mm-hmm. my belief is that we do know. I mean, I've read studies by Dr. Boyd Haley. Um, yep. we, that's what our company does is we actually publish research. And it's kind of like, you know, um, we do know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's all right there in front of you. And you talked about, you know, a study between vaccinated and unvaccinated children. Well, yeah, they won't do one, right? They will do no official studies. But here on the screen, if people are watching at DeliveringTheTruth.com, if you're looking at the live video, I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10, 12, 11 different uh, uh, illnesses where, they, where this pediatrician did a study. And Paul he Thomas, compared, I bet you're talking about. Um, trying to remember, I can look at it. It's right here. I've got the video yeah. and everything right yeah, here. Yeah, I bet Paul it's Paul Thomas. Thomas. That's the mm-hmm. one. Yep. Look at and the they took difference his license between away for asthma. It. What's that? Yep. And they took his license away for it. I was just going to yep. say that. Here is a vaccine yep. between. I bet this has got to be the only reason. We talked about mercury a little bit. Now I know what mercury does to me. What it did to me because oh, of when course. I had my feelings out within three months. Everything I ever had, emotional and physical, was 100% gone, and I felt better than I ever had in my entire life. Mercury did this to me. They're putting the world's most toxic non-radioactive metal into their bodies, bypassing the gut immune system, and putting it directly into the veins. And then we have studies that are decades old showing where they combine mercury with aluminum, and it makes it 10 to 100 times more toxic when you mix the two together. Why do we know that, and they claim they don't know that, or they claim ignorance? They are the ones who are in the field. I'm just a layperson out here who reads research and publishes. So there's no excuse for this at all. There isn't. No excuse. You know, in 2013, the Institute of Medicine was commissioned to do, you know, parents got so loud. Parents said, I know what I saw happen to my child, just like your daughter. I know my kid was perfectly healthy. 
I know my kid was reaching every mm-hmm. milestone. I know my kid was walking and talking. And I know that within hours of giving them those injections, my child was screaming, banging their head on the wall on the floor for days or months or years, and it never ended. And so mm-hmm. I get correlation does not equal causation, but guess what? It also doesn't mean that it doesn't. It, you can't just go correlation doesn't equal causation. Okay, it doesn't have to, but it certainly could. And that's one of the steps of science. Aren't we supposed to be doing observation and hypothesis? It's not like it's not part of the scientific method. It certainly is. Well, real science, not quack science, not corporate pharma okay. paid for science, not government science. But, no, you're absolutely right. And in the Institute of Medicine report of 2013, people can go look that up. They had the most nonsense excuses for not doing the vax versus unvax studies. Um, another book people should read, that's a RFK Jr. and, and a Brian Hooker book that just came out this past year, Vax versus Unvax. Excellent. I have like hundreds of studies cited in there to show that every single time mm-hmm. anyone takes a look at it, hands down, the unvaccinated are always far healthier in all those categories you mentioned. Far um, healthier, far healthier. Far healthier. But the Institute of Medicine says things like, well, we can't, they come up with excuses. We can't do it because... Um, they don't even think, they don't have a good definition. This is what they said. I'm not kidding. This is how stupid these people are. We don't well, have don't a good definition. I don't know that stupid, I would say, but I'll come back to that. Go ahead. Uh, or on purpose. Yeah, of course. Well, I don't think it's stupid at all because if them, you look at the people who are doing this, they come from the pharmaceutical industry or they go to the pharmaceutical industry. It's the revolving door. The revolving door. The, yeah, the one that the all I'm talking know about each the other, other They people. all work together. Yeah. It is the yep. biggest money scheme, and the people are You're paying right. for it with You're their lives and right. their health and their children. Um, go ahead. They said ahead. we don't have a good definition to use and do that study with because we can't define what is overall health, those two words in quotes. We don't have a good definition. If we were to do a vax versus an unvax study, What's the criteria? We don't know it should be considered overall health. If you don't have a good definition of overall health, then you need to be fired or quit your job immediately. And secondly, they admitted in that report, 2013, they like to say, oh, the studies have all been done. We've done so many studies. These are so safe and effective. We have so many studies. They're lying. Okay, give me that study. Provide it. Go look at the 2013 Institute of Medicine report where they literally say, the study has never been done to show the overall safety of these vaccines, not, not a single one of them on the childhood schedule, or more importantly, the cumulative effect. There's a tipping point mm-hmm. to everything. And they just say it's never been done. They, that's, that's why right. you don't and, see and, it. And you know what happened with amalgam fillings is Dr. Hal Huggins and other researchers, they would go to, one, they would go to the ADA, uh, the American Dental Association, and say, where's the study that shows that mercury vapor doesn't come off amalgam fillings? Oh, the, the, the World Health Organization or the NIH has it. Call them. He would call them and say, no, 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 the ADA has this. Nobody had it. They just kept pointing fingers. There was no such study. He didn't right. cross the search. There was no such study. They just lie. They lie. They do. They, and yeah, by they omission. Go ahead. It's not on the website by accident. I mean, it's, they can't. CDC, FDA, you go find it. You go find me that study. It's not there, and it's not a mistake. It's not there. It's because they know they haven't done it. It's not there because they don't have one to give you. And then um, let's think about this for a minute. We went through the vaccine court system, kangaroo court system. So you have to go there and you have to somehow as a parent do the science, come up with the money to do the science to prove anything you want to say. We have to prove it. We have to do the science. They'll go, okay, where's the science on this? Well, isn't that your job? NIH and HHS and all these other, you know, captured three-letter agencies um, no, they don't do the science. They just say there's not their, their standard answer that gets them out all the time, and people need to stop letting them out of this. We don't have enough evidence. We don't have any data or studies 
that could show beyond a doubt that this is a causal relationship. Okay, well, you've been hearing this for, I don't know, 50 years. Why don't you have the studies? They don't have the studies because then the studies would be used against them by parents like me who would come in there going, this is what happened to my child, and you said this caused this, so what are we going to do about it? They don't do the studies on purpose because they don't want it used against them. Who do they say they needs to do the studies, though? Did they, did they parents, say who? Parents, they as far parents as like... You know, you know what this reminds okay, me, me of? Okay, let me reword that. I, I called and I talked will, to two... Okay, who was it? So some listener will misconstrue this or try to say it like it's not or, you know, a malcontent, whatever, and I'm, I'm okay with any questions, whatever, but my point is it's not that they say the parents need to do the studies. What they say is we don't have the studies. And so when you go into court of the vaccine court, they'll ask the parents, well, can you present any studies that show this has been studied and entered into the medical literature and the research and the data to show us that this is a causal relationship? Well, no, I don't have the studies because that's your job to do it. Maybe I should be asking you, why haven't you done it? Because they were commissioned. They were told to do the studies. They just don't do the studies by Congress. Um, They didn't do anything Congress told them to do when they put the 1986 Act in place. Even every two years, they're supposed to provide to Congress a report that shows when Congress agreed to do this in 1986, take this liability away, this blanket protection, they told them, we need a report from you, and I believe it's every two years, to show what are you doing to make vaccines the safest they can be. We did this report every two years. Do you know how many times they've done that report since 1986? Absolutely zero. And that's a congressional order. They've never done it, not once. It's horrendous you know, what they get remi- to let them get away with. This reminds me of when I called the Bureau of Air Quality in the state of Maine. They're spraying us here so hard with chemtrails. If people don't know what chemtrails are. It's those white lines coming out of jets. I smell and taste it, and both of my business partner and I who live in this house suffer tremendously from it. So I talked, and this was years ago, I contacted and had talked with the head, twice, with the head of the Bureau of Air Quality for the state of Maine. One was uh, Melanie Loison, the other one was Jim Brooks was his name. You can look on the records and see that they actually sat in those positions. I had conversations with them. I sent them emails. You know what the end of those discussions were? Very civil, very nice, very polite, but I told them what was going on. I told them I could smell and taste it. I told them I did a water test showing huge six times the amount of aluminum in our rural main uh, uh, rainwater than, is supposed, than, than the EPA says is safe, okay, six times higher. And you know what their response was? It just reminded me of what you just said. They said, we don't, uh, you have to present us with evidence that this is actually happening before we'll take any action on it. And on their website, if you go look at the Bureau of Air Quality, they're there to protect the public using science and with technology to protect the, the, and keep the air clean for the state of Maine. Yet we have to do the studies. That was the, basically the, where the conversation ended. It's up to us to present the studies, and then, then they'll consider if they're going to take action. Just reminded me exactly. of that. Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, so it's not on accident. It's on purpose that they don't do the studies. It's one of two things or both. A, they have done many of these studies, which I personally think they have, because it's easy now. With all the automated systems and the, the vaccine safety database, they know that they can do that study. They're, they're nonsense saying it would be impossible to do in all their ridiculous reasons they give for why, oh, we won't have enough unvaccinated kids. There's 30,000 unvaccinated children in every cohort they could come up with. And so they know that there are enough kids to do the studies. They know that the vaccine safety database could easily do the studies. They just will not do it. They won't do it because I personally think that on the side, they've probably done it in probably every way they can figure to try to manipulate it, change the categories. They just can't get it to come out in their favor because otherwise, Trust me, after all these decades of parents screaming this, if there was any way that they could analyze that data and come out with it, making it look like 
oh, okay, see, this is what we've been saying all along. They're safe and effective, and here it proves it. It would have been in our face a long time ago. So they probably I, yeah, have looked yeah. at it, and it won't come out right. Much like William Thompson yeah. at Simpson Wood. I'm a, are you guys familiar with that? The senior scientist at the CDC? Mm-hmm. William Brad, Thompson? Yeah, I'm here. Please go ahead. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, uh. So William Thompson, you know, the Vax movies, Vax 1, Vax 2, and William Thompson oh, is yeah, in the first course. one. Yeah, of yeah. course. So it's Simpsonwood, yeah, where they all got together, and they all kept trying to manipulate the data. Um, Stefano was in charge at the time, 2004, the CDC. He literally, according to William Thompson, their senior scientist at the CDC, unless he's just lying, which I'm sure he isn't, you know, he called, they called the lead scientist into the room with this whole autism question because he apologized. He said, I'm telling you, the CDC has been committing scientific fraud for 10 years on the vaccine autism question, specifically in how susceptible black boys are with a higher risk of being diagnosed with autism. And there's more um, further details to that study and, and whether it was delaying them and all of that. But the point is, his statement to Brian Hooker, who would call and talk to him, who is a scientist, whose son is badly injured. His son is an adult disabled for life, you know. Um, and his, his same ones, I feel very badly. I have great remorse. We were told to destroy the data. We were told to manipulate the bat data. Uh, Stefano called mm-hmm. us into his office and put out a big trash can and said, put all your data and your results in here, all the science, we're going to burn it, and this is what we're going to say to the public. And what, it's very easy when you want to be dishonest. If FIOC didn't teach us anything, if opioids didn't teach us anything, these people are serial felons that run these big pharmaceutical companies and these captured agencies. They've been fined millions and millions of dollars for every other drug they make. They knew they caused heart attacks in people when they're trying to take a headache away with Vioxx. But you think that they're just going to be all honest about the vaccines for you, the only drug they make that they're going to be honest and be perfectly safe with? Come on, people. And, and what the, about, the, what you about can't AIDS, 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 infected, AIDS infected medicine to, uh, to Africa? You know, yep. That? yep. Yeah. Yep. And even our yeah, vaccines. When our vaccines, when they tell them that certain vaccines, my son, my son was injured by the old pertussis vaccine. So the diphtheria tetanus pertussis used to be um, a whole cell pertussis vaccine, the the pertussis part, the P part. And they said, okay, eventually, right around the year he got injured, they were starting to phase in the acellular pertussis in that vaccine, which doesn't make it much better, in my opinion, and everything since then. But um, when they told them to stop using that vaccine, and like they've done with others, they didn't trash it. They didn't get rid of it. They ship it off to these poor other underdeveloped nations with Bill Gates and all their other um, projects they got their hands yeah. in, and they go ahead and use up the supply. So what does that say? We're supposed to be about racial, about equity, about making sure we're not doing things that are discriminatory against other races and minorities and, and um, black people specifically, and they're going to ship the, the crappy vaccine, the one that they know causes more reactions, and, and we're just going to go, oh, let that, that continent use it up. We don't care about those people. It's, it's just sickening what they do and get away with. It's really sickening. Yeah, talking yeah, about absolutely. that, too, is that if, you're, if people are looking at the, the live stream on uh, DeliveringTheTruth.com, you'll see a chart right now that shows the pertussis vaccine, Okay, so between 1918, if you look at this chart, between 1918 and 1948, pertussis decreased something like, uh, what is 16 to 2, right? I mean, we're talking maybe 90%. 
and the pertussis vaccine was introduced in 1948 after it was virtually eliminated. I mean, it was virtually gone. It was, it was not as big. It was just, and then they take credit for it. Oh, of so, course, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. So a couple things about that. I'm looking at a book right here that I just picked up at a garage sale, actually. It's called The Complete Home Wellness Handbook, and it's by UC Berkeley, and it's printed like in 2001. So it's really funny. When you're looking at the pertussis part in here, they used to tell a little bit of truth back then, I guess. Um, it says when talking about pertussis, there was concern about the safety of older pertussis vaccines, which caused many side effects, including seizures in susceptible people. But serious reactions were rare, and many health experts argued for continued vaccination. First of all, if that old pertussis vaccine and they knew caused seizures, the one they gave my son, don't you think that might have been pertinent information for me to know and say maybe I want to opt in or opt out of this or decline completely? So it's nice yeah. that now they're saying, and it's funny, they do the same thing every time. Oh, that old vaccine, yeah, it was causing more problems and we got rid of it, but, but the whole time they had it, it was, no, you're crazy, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's effective, it's effective. Now, you know, after they get rid of it, 10, 20 years later, they go, oh, yeah, by the way, that was not a safe vaccine, but at the time, we sure told you it was safe. So it's just nonsense that they get away with. And then there was something else I wanted to um, read to you about that. Give me just a minute here. But, yeah, all what you said earlier, every single one of the vaccines, they try to say take credit for. They're the worst purveyors of false information with taking credit for correlation does not equal causation because you're right. <laughs> Pull up every single chart. Look at every single study. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those vaccines, I mean illnesses, were already on a very, very steep decline, like you're saying 98 99% before the vaccines were ever introduced. But most people just don't know that. They don't take the time. Pull up the charts. Look at it. If the thing's already on a huge downhill trajectory, 98 99%, and, oh, we're going to stick the vaccine in right here. This is introduced right here, but we're going to take all the credit for that. Well, that's a perfect example. I'm sorry, CDC, FDA, NIH, all the rest of UHHS. Correlation does not equal causation. Stop lying. You know, there was exactly. a study conducted by the federal exactly. government again. You know, one, and let's ask this question real quick, is that if you have a cup and you put poison in it, and then you add, and you know it's poison, and then you add, and, and I'm saying this just because I want people to begin to think and use common sense. Right. If you add another ingredient to the poison, does it make it non-poison? Yep, we, exactly. They are or putting Kelly things that we know are toxic to humans very, very, very toxic and poisonous, and they are doing this knowingly. I know you can go look at the research. You can go look at the it's, – it's, we know how toxic these things are, but yet they're putting them mm -hmm. in the vaccines. So does the whole concoction mixed together make it less toxic? No, it makes it more toxic because they're synergistic, like I said earlier. Mercury and aluminum yep. together are 10 to 100 times more toxic than either one alone. Yep, we're just yep. being mass poisoned by almost everything. Um, the other day on Tucker, uh, a guy named Callie Means is on there. I don't know if you he is. He's a pharma whistleblower, and he, he's very much into health and such now. But, but some of the statements he made were, were pretty telling. He said, how about we address nutrition, lifestyle choices, declining metabolic function, cellular disruption, the highly processed foods. And RFK Jr. said about that, we're being mass poisoned by a food industry that's highly subsidized and that owns Congress, and we know that. But he also made another point, yep. Callie Means said, if you have a dirty fish tank, you don't drug the fish, you clean the freaking tank. So it's just crazy, the stuff that people have been so brainwashed with. You don't just keep giving the fish more and more drugs until you kill it or disable it. How about you try cleaning the tank? How about that? How about that idea? Doesn't that make common sense? 
Yeah, yeah. And then the study that was commissioned. Yeah, the study that was actually commissioned by the federal government. This is, and it's not just my opinion. People, if they ever go to check it, they they studied it. I'm trying to think who they had do it. I want to say it was John Hopkins. I'll find it in a minute. But they commissioned it, and what they found, looking at, oh, did all these vaccines contribute to the decline or take credit for, you know, eradicating and the decline of these diseases? And what they found, their study. They just don't like to tell people when their studies don't come out the way they want them. So, yeah, did vaccines eradicate smallpox, polio, et cetera? It's a Geyer study. You spell that G-U-I-E-R. It's the Geyer study in pediatrics. And it was done by the CDC and Johns Hopkins in 2000, near 2000. You know what it concluded? No, there's not evidence. The vaccines did not do that. You know what declined all those diseases that were already in illnesses? Because a lot of these are illnesses. Stop calling them diseases. That's another bait and switch there. What, what got rid of them, what made them go on such a decline and to be, it was, this is them, their study. The Geyer study, it was sanitation, nutrition, hygiene, cold refrigeration, clean water, a reduction in the population density. So you may as well think your toilet, not the CDC. So they've studied this stuff. They know the things that contributed to the rapid decline in those illnesses and diseases, and it was not the vaccine that was just thrown in on the tail end of the last 1% to claim credit for it all. Their study. If they don't like your study, I don't know. Don't blame me. Your study. You commissioned it. You paid for it. I'm not lying. I'm just talking about it. Absolutely. So we have about four minutes left. Yeah. We have about four minutes left. So I wanna. I wanna. If Dylan is able to. If if Dylan's able to talk, I want him to. um, Yeah. Because I saw. I saw what he wrote. Um, you you know that I posted to the event page, but I kind of want to get. I just want him to talk a little bit and tell us what what a day is like for him and how this okay. journey has been for him. A day is night. Like, what are the things you'd like to do? Uh, hiking, go for most out, go on night and 10-mile hike mm-hmm. and gaming and hanging out with friends. So now tell us, what are the things that are really difficult for you in life? How has this changed your life? Like, what are the things, like, you wrote about in your thoughts on that, that like, letter you put down? Well, yeah. I that drive so it's hard for me to, to go places where I, I, I want and the the speech is difficult and my fine motor Your fine motor skills? Yeah. Uh uh And then what about some of your mental and emotional face sometimes? Uh, you keep getting up and face another day, but how's your emotional face sometimes? Do have uh to a side and 
person. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I just I just want to read for everybody because we have about two minutes left because there is another show that comes on after ours. But I just want to read yeah. what Dylan wrote for everybody. Perfect. Um, Perfect. He says, hi, my, my name is Dylan. From day one, I've had physical therapy, speech therapy, and OT, which is occupational therapy. It was hard growing up. I didn't have many friends. It was hard to make friends because of my speech problem. When people cannot understand me, they ask what a million times, and I get frustrated. My first memories of school are not about school. They are all about they are all about all of the therapies. In sixth grade, I started realizing things were different for me. At school, they started asking me questions about why things in class were always different for me and why I had an aid. As I got older, I had thoughts of suicide, and I was often depressed because things in my life were taken from me. When the other 15-year-old girls were learning to drive, it was something that I could not do and still cannot do. When I ask girls out, they always say no. I know it was hard because of my speech. Even if a girl or a friend wanted to meet up or hang out, I had to ask my mom or dad if they could take me or drive me because I couldn't drive and it was very embarrassing. Sometimes I get angry at my parents because why didn't they know? If I could change one thing, I would ask my parents and other parents to be educated before they make this decision to give shots that can injure and kill kill your perfect baby. I know it's not really their fault because they just didn't know, but it makes me mad that they were not informed by the doctors. Just look at the ingredients list. It's just not worth the risk of having a child who can't talk anymore. The ingredients alone are disgusting and dangerous. So much has been taken from me. I'm 25 now, and I want to be a cop like my dad or go into the military. I cannot do either of those things now. How will I find a wife and have a family or kids to be a happy in life? I just want people to know to get educated before they make this decision because if someone gets injured, it's for a lifetime. And you can check. I left the link um, to Dylan's uh, story and Instagram page on our Facebook page, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. So I just want to thank both of you so much for being on tonight. You are a wealth of information. And, you know, if it changes one parent's mind about giving vaccines, then you did your job by being here. Well, thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. You know, um, this has been a long battle for me. I've been doing this almost 30 years. Dylan's now 29 because that was from another thing we did, uh, another platform we spoke at a few years back, the Vax Bus, actually, when he did his interview with them. Um, so he's 29 now. And, and you know, a lot has changed, but um, um, parents just have so much more available to them now. Please, please, please get educated first. And don't feel pressure to make a decision, even if you don't know yet. Just say, I'm not doing this today. Take your time. And I'll leave you with one more tidbit of information. Sorry, I'm dropping all the bombs today. There is no such thing as a wellness baby visit. You know if your child is sick or not. Wellness baby visits are there to make them money and to inject your child with every shot they can pull off the shelf imaginable. I stopped going to wellness Absolutely. baby visits immediately, and any person ever asked me, I say they're not necessary. Why in the world do we need they They're sick visits, first of all, and they're injection visits. So that's just the truth. If you're afraid, if you get intimidated, if you need more time to make your decision, just don't go in the office. Your child is fine, 
And, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. All I'm saying is don't be fooled into thinking that those wellness visits are for anything mostly other than to take the opportunity to inject your child with every vaccine that they come up with. And there's no end in sight. They're making more. Your, your pharma's cash cow. Your baby is pharma's cash cow, period. Yeah, and they, and they make an average of $35,000 extra a year extra for um, having yeah. your kids caught up on their vaccinations. So all of our episodes can be heard on freedomizerradio.com, blogtalkradio.com, Apple, and I'm missing one, iHeart, also um, on Rumble and on our website. So, Elizabeth, I'll be sure once this hits um, all of those tomorrow uh, that I send you the link so that you could share that out. We totally appreciate you being here tonight. Um, everybody, yes, have a good you. week. Uh, Russ, did you want to add anything? we got about 10 seconds. Uh, DeliveringTheTruth.com. That's where you can see our live stream and chat with us every week at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, perfect. Dylan, thank you again for having the courage to be on. Both of you are in my thoughts and prayers. And Elizabeth, of course, stay in touch. Thank, thank you, thank you. you. All right, okay. bye, thank you. Uh, good, good night. Good thank night, you, everybody. Bye. Be good to each other. Russ and I will see you next week. All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.